Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. Well, like how I can ended up in Japan, that's already a long story. <laughs> yeah, we all have our kind of expat journey stories, but you said you were in South Korea for a year. Was this prior to moving to Japan? Yeah, I have been practicing judo since I was like a teenager. And I wanted to, I was, my goal when I was in my teens and in university was to try to get to a really high level. And I, I did okay, but I mean, I was never that top level category. And then I had a, I hurt my hand. It's a very tragic story. <laughs> and then kind of got a job at a computer company where I was working like 10 hour days minimum and realized like I just didn't enjoy anything about this. So I decided to just go around the world doing judo in different places and just taking whatever odd job I could find. So I went to, to Europe for a year. So I ended up, I have family in Ireland. So I, I visited Ireland and went to England and then went to France and then uh, spent a little time in Spain. The guys were too macho. They didn't like me. <laughs> uh, then then I went to South Korea for a year and then I ended up in Japan. My goal was always to end up in Japan and do judo in Japan. I didn't really necessarily plan on living here, but once I ended up pretty nice lifestyle, I figured it, it, you know, you just end up, oh, I'm actually quite happy and there's no reason to move on. That works. Uh, where are you from originally, Peter? I was born in Belfast and I knew I was naturalized as a Canadian when I was about seven. Yeah, I lived all across Canada. So that's one of the things that I've never, people talk about like, do you miss home? And I've never really felt particularly attached to one place because I mean, the longest we lived in one place when I was a kid was like four or five years. Yeah, you, you become a bit more accustomed to a, a, a transient lifestyle, let's call it that, a bit more glamorous yeah. than it sounds. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I mean, I just, I don't miss things. It's like, okay, well, here's a new place or a place. I've lived in Japan longer than I've lived any single place in my life at this point. And always in the same place in Japan? Have you moved around there or have you, you stuck from I, one place? Yeah, I wanted to move around actually. I Because I got a job here and it was pretty satisfying. I always wanted to live in Hokkaido for some reason. It had sort of this appeal. Maybe it's because I lived in Canada. It has sort of the same temperate climate. Mm. Japan in the summer, just like if you experienced Korea in the summertime was ridiculous. Like I, every year I think I'm going to die. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah, I, well. Yeah, when it gets to when it gets over thirty, and you think like, oh, it can't possibly get worse than this, and it gets humid, and then it gets to be thirty-five and forty, I just can't. I'm like, how how do humans weren't meant to live this way? And then it rains. And then it rains. <laughs> and still, I've been here almost twenty years, and I still, my brain has not adjusted to when it rains, it should get cooler because that's what happens in Canada. It rains in the next hour. You know, the next hours, the next day is always cooler after the rain. Japan, it gets worse. It's more muggy. Yeah, man, I don't. I definitely don't miss those days at all. I'm getting kind of flashbacks here and now. Yeah, yeah, no, but the winter here is nothing compared to what I I had when I was a kid. So, the winter is just a joy because all the all the Japanese people are freaking out. And they're wearing down coats, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should put on a sweater. <laughs> maybe it's a little bit warm. It's a bit cool today. <laughs> and it's so the t-shirts and shorts, man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So judo's been your 
a huge big part of your life ever, you know, since you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I was a very aggressive child, I guess. I don't know. It just, it suited my personality, took to it right away. I don't think I was particularly like adept at anything, but it was just, it was kind of a never give up and then you just improve over time. So that Japan ended up having a certain appeal because I at least wanted to visit. And that, that's why I ended up in Japan in t- particular, I think. So I could actually be here and do some judo here. I, again, I went around to about five, six different clubs in the city I live in, in the area, just trying to find as many people to, you know, practice with as I could. And it's been an amazing experience because the attitude here is really different from a lot of other countries where it's, it's almost like movie style, like brotherhood. So when I was in Canada practicing judo, there's, if someone's in the same sort of competitive level, they do it by weight category. If they're, if they're going to fight you, there's a certain amount of resentment that they can't get over. Um, Cause you're going to have to fight each other to get to first place. Um, and so there's, it's very difficult to be friends with someone you have to compete with if it's right. very serious. Whereas in Japan, I had some amazing experiences where, yeah, they just don't, it's winning's not actually the point. Like just you're doing your best is impressive. You're quite competitive. I think I was, I competed until I was 40. I didn't retire from competition until I was 40. So I, I did competitions in Europe. I did competitions in Korea. I did competitions all over Japan. And I, I would have kept going, but my body was just like, oh, come on, man. You're fighting 25-year-olds in the peak, you know, perfect okay. physical condition. Yeah, that, that comes a point. Eh? And, and my, the coaches and the, the, the guy who runs the club that I practice at, every now and then he'll come on and be like, come on, it's a little, it's a little tournament. It'll be fun. You know, you'll, you'll beat everyone up. It'll be great. I was like, oh, God. I got to stick to my guns. I got to say no. But just recently I've taken on three English teachers who have been visiting. One guy's been here. He's been practicing with me for three years and two other guys have just joined. So trying to, trying to build up my little foreign community club in, as, a, as a mini club within the club I practice at. How about the route in the podcast then? We, we, before we just talked about the, the lack of people or the lack of patience, it seems to, for people to be able to read things these days, you know, they get a paragraph in and then they, they quit. They just want to, they're like, could you make this shorter? Or I find people read titles in the first part and then they just assume they have all the information they move, they need to move on. There's a misnomer. It's very interesting. Like if you ever meet someone who says, I hate the word moist, uh, that comes from an internet article where they say moist is the most disliked word in the English language. But if you actually go and find the full article or the study that came from, it's the word moist in conjunction to another word makes you feel really gross. So it'd be like a moist wound. Everyone goes, ugh, because it's really descriptive. (laughs) But if you say moist cake, everyone's pretty happy with that. So if anyone says like, I hate the word moist and I, I I like cringe every time I hear it, they're actually a victim of this kind of phenomenon where people read the title and then they just assume they have the rest of the information because they're saying the thing from the title, but they haven't actually read the whole thing to understand it's, it's not just moist. It has to be a moist something to make you grossed out. It has, because you can put moist with a lot of other things and you think it's wonderful. Yeah, I was, I've, I've always enjoyed writing. Like I've always done a lot of writing. I got a job writing for video games and I would, anytime I tried to do something thoughtful, people on the internet would get angry. And it's because usually you have to set a, a, out a premise of some sort and then deconstruct it and then end up with some sort of maybe even alternate conclusion, like my original premise was incorrect, but no one ever went that far. So every time I got comments and negative feedback, it was, I was always like, but you didn't read the end. 
I can tell you didn't actually get all the way through the article. Yeah, they read the first paragraph where I put out a premise that maybe I was going to even debunk by the end, but they didn't get that far. I was on a personal website writing movie reviews, which were supposed to be funny. And they were quite long. And then I had these pictures and I would put a joke in the picture. And if you rolled your mouse over, it would flip the image to another picture. I found all my friends were just looking at the pictures. They weren't reading any of the words. And that's when I was like, oh, I don't think people read anymore. But then you get Joe Rogan has three hour podcasts. People listen to the whole thing. So the attention is there. It just has to be presented in a way that's maybe easier to consume or people just can't sit down and read anymore. And I don't really think I do. I read the internet a lot, but you know, I am listening to podcasts on the train. That's probably when I consume the most media. So it might just be like we're, we're victims of a changing world. That's a fair point. Like the heart of newspapers or magazines, like, uh, you know, back when I was a teenager in early 20s, I'd buy a lot of music magazines and the occasional football magazine, you know, and it was always something to read. And you'd, you'd have a book around the house, but it seems to be a bit of a dying art. Well, yeah, because you didn't, when you were young, I don't want to assume your age, but I'm, I'm 48 now. Oh, well, uh, I'm, I'm 51 next month, so. All right, yeah. So we're in the same ballpark. Same age then. Yeah, so, but what you're talking about is like, when you were young, if you had a Walkman, that was a big deal. Like, that, that was an expensive piece of equipment to have a cassette player for a long time. And then when I got into high school, it became common. Yeah, before that, if you didn't have a book, you didn't have anything like you were just, Oh, you have to sit on the train or on the bus and look out the window. (laughs) So now, now with a smartphone. Yeah. Like I'm watching full movies if I want on the train. Yeah. You, you, you hit on something there. It's about the way we consume things and especially the, the next generation. And it's only going to go further down that rabbit hole maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I, I don't want to like denigrate people who don't read that much. No, because, that used to be my feeling was like, oh, people don't read, so they're not very smart. Or right. And then I realized, no, it's just, it's just the way information is delivered has changed. And they're consuming it in the easiest way. But I think it's also to make it faster. Like people are taking in so much information. The problem is you do get a superficial understanding of information overall. It was one of the bigger problems maybe. Because, yeah, people read the title and then they jump to a conclusion and, and that's it. So one of the podcasts I just put out, a phenomenon that's hit recently, I've, uh, a couple people I know go to the gym and it's the calories in calories out idea. It's the, if you're exercising, it doesn't really matter what you eat. As long as you have calories, you burn those calories, you'll burn them off and it's fine. But they're failing to take into account. That's only, if you go and look for the actual studies and stuff, they're failing to take into account that they're only talking about muscles. They're not talking about like your heart or your liver or anything else. It's not like these are independent systems. You have to eat good food but it's an excuse for people to eat junk food and exercise and then say, say like, Oh, you know, it doesn't matter because I read this article, but they didn't read the article. They read the title and they didn't read the study. They just, uh, you know, they say is something I'm always very suspicious of. They say calories in calories out. It's like, okay, that's mm, okay. <laughs> you, you obviously have not gone further than that sentence. So. And of course you should always read the small print. Eh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if, if there's any advice for young youngsters out there, you know, it's always read the small print. You never know what you're getting into otherwise. Your first foray into podcasting then, Peter, what was that like? So I had a concept that very quickly failed because it was just, I would have needed like a research team, which of course I didn't have. And it was, I wanted to take a story or an idea and do an analysis of it 100% seriously like you believe everything the story says, and then 100% sort of critically. So the first one was the, the holy 
prepuced, which is actually Jesus's foreskin. And there's a story about Pope Leo and he was praying and an angel came to him and gave him Jesus's foreskin. And then he gave it to a guy who was going to be Pope. Now, if you take that all as it is, it's an insane story. Like why is an angel giving this guy a piece of someone's penis? And why <laughs> is like, and then it's just like the questions I ended up with, like if this really happened, why do you just give it to him? Does it come in a box? Like, there are a lot of questions <laughs> on how this is presented. And then if you're critical, this guy gave someone something because the story doesn't exist for no reason. So did he actually have a human foreskin for some reason? And so he was just asking those questions and it was trying to, trying to find the humor in believing something and at the same time being really critical. But I couldn't come up with enough stories to actually continue that cycle for any length of time. So then I just moved into just whatever I was thinking about. And that was Veloci Podcast, which has been on for about four years now. One of the things I like about your Ninja News project, other than a kind of slightly sideways take on the, the news in Japan that, that you might not get from the, the mainstream, as it were, or mainstream stories, but told in a certain specific way, is that done in this kind of monologue fashion? Was that something that you, you thought about consciously as we are, we're speaking as two people, or sometimes I have three, maybe yeah. four's maximum, but after that, it gets a bit out of control, I think. Monologue is a hard thing to do, yeah? Yeah. It, it was, at the first podcast I did were only five minutes long, and it was because I only found I was able to really speak for five minutes just by myself in a room. It come, for me, it came down mostly to scheduling, because I, I don't have that much free time. Basically, weekends, I'm hanging out with my family. I have Tuesdays, my day off where I'm alone in the house. I have X amount of hours to do all the projects I want to do, let's say. Yeah, uh, getting another person to match my time schedule was almost impossible. So I knew I was going to be doing it by myself anyways, which was fine. It's almost like confidence to talk at length takes practice. So I did the first podcast. They were about five minutes and then they grew to about 10, 15. I aim for about 20 or 30. I think listening to one person talk for more than 30 minutes is probably a bit much. Yeah, you might have peaked. Yeah, well, yeah, it's again, one voice can get really, you can almost, it'll become white noise after a while. <laughs> but yeah, so the Ninja, Ninja News Japan came from, I was doing Velocity Podcast and then I started just referencing some Japanese news and then I realized this is a whole thing that I do regularly. So I would just make a second podcast out of it. And all the other stuff I've done has all been birthed from this original project. I really, uh, I was listening to the, the, the most recent episode and the one about, yeah, you get some slightly kind of, I'm sure these stories appear in the Japanese press in some form or another, or the English press. I forget what the name of the newspaper is in Japan. Uh, there's the Japan there's a, Times? There's Japan Times is sort of the big one that would take a Japanese news story and translate it into English. But I'm doing kind of 50-50. So I do some internet research. I just try to take some stories uh, and then... I'll, like over the course of a week, I'll just try to save a bunch of stories that I've seen. So I've always been interested in the news, like a thing like the daily show or something really appeals to me, but mm. having news delivered like in a news style is actually not as fun. So the daily show, all these news based comedy shows have always really appealed to me. So I, I knew I wanted to make jokes or make fun of things, but I mean, it's not actually, couldn't go so far as to call it comedy. I best I could say it's like amusing. A sideways look at things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So just trying to like, oh, well, here's anything. And then trying to put in some, I'm a foreigner in Japan and this is how I end up looking at it. Like I don't look at it with just a, a Japanese assumption of what's true and what's not true. Well, there was something that really resonated with me as I was listening to that episode. It was talking about racist taxi drivers because this is a common thing in the past. I saw it regularly or oh, this taxi driver, he just drove right past me. And as you eloquently describe in the, the episode, it's maybe not he's racist. He's maybe just an arsehole in general, you know? It's, he just hates people. Yeah. Well, he just, <laughs> sees, he just sees someone. He's like, I don't want to try to speak English to that guy. I mean, I don't understand English. I don't Yeah, right. I don't want to deal with that right now. I just want to go home. Yeah. So I, I, my actual day job, um, I work at a company that teaches English. And so I do part of the training and induction of people who come over. So we get a lot of people for like two, three years, but over the first month, you hear the same stories over and over again. And it's young white people. They just love to be the victim of racism because otherwise in their home, they would never get that. And so they get to like fume at the world and talk about the injustice. <laughs> and I'm just looking at them going, I, I don't really think that was racism. I think maybe you just met an old man <laughs> and you know, old men, are pretty, yeah, old men are grumpy in general. They're not, yeah. they just don't want to deal with your crap. So he probably told you to get out because you were annoying, not because you're white. Or if you revert, if you turn the tables a little bit, if you get into somebody's car and maybe let's just say you've had, quite a bit to drink would you be quite willing to take this person home or you think oh god i hope he doesn't throw up in the bag seat, yeah you know? yeah it's just not worth it it's just not worth it and it's not like you're the first foreigner to come to japan so they've had this experience already if they're a taxi driver or something like that they're like oh here's the it's friday night here's the drunk foreigner i've done this 20 times 19 of those times it ended badly do i want to do this again <laughs> again it's not racism that's just like a cumulative experience how would you describe some of the stories that you come up with? Uh, oh, not that you come up with, but you know, you don't make the stories up, but how would um, I kind of come out the wrong way there? No, no, no. I understand. Like I, cause I look for a certain type because what I, I try to do things that are relevant to anyone who's living in Japan. I try to find some interesting cultural things for people who don't live in Japan. Cause actually my audience from what I can understand is about 50, 50. It's, a bunch of people, I assume also expats who live in Japan, and I actually just want it for not the main stories. So I never do like, if it's a big story about international or something, I, I actually tend to ignore those because you're going to hear about that somewhere else, unless I have a thought that would be not in a regular news story. I always do some, maybe one or two interesting things that would be really small stories. It'd be easy to skip over, but it would be interesting or very Japanese. And then I do a couple of usually crimes. But since, again, I try to keep it light, there's, I, I don't do any murder or when anyone gets assaulted too specifically. So it's always kind of the pervy crimes yeah. uh, because they're gross but amusing. And yes, you know, it is a kind of assault, but at the end of the day. The most recent episode had this, now what was it, best boob day or was it just boob day? Uh, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, so, so that's, that's, yeah, November. One one so one a lot like like on the telephone you'll see it has a you know number one is ABC or whatever uh, in Japanese they've done the same thing with the sounds so one is E and then one one two E's together is actually good so if I said like E I, that would mean just be saying good in Japanese and so with combinations of numbers for like two six or whatever they can make another word so it would be good something day 
And so this month I was overwhelmed. I actually intended to keep a calendar that I could then say, oh, you know, this day's coming up or this day's coming up. It just was in rapid succession at the beginning of the month because it was good thigh day and then good boob day and good butt day and then good tights day. Mm. And this is a very <laughs> Japanese thing where you get the, the primarily Japanese cosplayers, the girls who dress up like anime characters and they try to make money off it basically. Uh, they choose that day and they'll take pictures of themselves and post it on Twitter because Twitter is actually one of the biggest social sites in Japan. So they just set up these days and then, uh, yeah, artists who draw, they'll draw a character in a vaguely sexual position, emphasizing whatever that is. If it's a good butt day, they put a, they put a girl sticking her butt in the camera. And that is, it's, to me, that is super Japanese because it's incredibly misogynistic. It's incredibly sexualized, but they just are like, yeah, you know, it's good butt day. <laughs> And, and it's just the reasoning for it, right? It's, yeah, it's good butt day. Why wouldn't you stick your butt on Twitter? And it's, it's again, I've been here 20 years and there's still every now and then just this weird acceptance of, of an incredibly high level of sexuality is just being normal. It just doesn't go away. And I'm constantly surprised. For those of us looking outside into Japan, this is also one of the, the stereotypical things that people know it for, right? That these yes. kind of weird fetishes or... The, these stereotypes they do exist for a reason because it's not as pervasive as people make it out to be. But uh, the girls on TV, they're all underage and they're all hypersexualized and it's really, really creepy. And actually the scariest thing is when you live here long enough, you just get comfortable seeing it and you just don't think about it anymore. Where yeah. I used to be really grossed out, whereas now I don't even notice. But yeah, there it is. It's this girl band. There's like whatever, five or 10 girls in it. And then you find out the oldest one's 14. Yeah, when I came to Japan, that would have been shocking. Now I'm like, well, of course, that's what they... That's where they start. They start when they're 14 and then they all retire when they're 21. Yeah, you're over the hill, eh? Well, Japan has a big thing on youth. Youth is, is at a premium all the time. One of the worst expressions you hear, so everyone gets to hear this one at some point, is uh, when they call a girl Christmas cake. And they're, what they're saying is after the 25th, she's no good. Interesting. <laughs> it's horrible, right? And I guess, yeah. so like, mm. I come from a, like, I come from, North America, where age is just not as much of an issue, yeah. but it's still just, it's part of the culture. So youth is really important and beauty is really important. And uh, body shaming is a really big thing here. Like they, they have comedians who are funny because they're overweight and they just try to make them do stuff and laugh at them. And when, again, we get new, new people come over into my company and we talk about media and stuff, I'm like, you're going to see some stuff that's pretty horrific you can try to argue with them, but you're arguing with the whole culture. And they actually, the problem you're going to run into is they don't understand what the problem is. That's an interesting subject. I mean, for, for many reasons, just a few of them that we've touched upon. What about your, your plans for the future, Peter, and your podcasting empire? Uh, so I have the ones I'm doing now, and I'm trying to sort of refine the process and make them better. Of course, that thrown out the window every now and then. COVID put me down for a bit. I was really depressed. So Veloci Podcast, I actually took a two, three month hiatus because I just couldn't, I, again, the point is to be humorous, uh, but it just, it was impossible. So Ninja News Japan could truck on because I just was talking about news. It just had to deliver my thoughts. Uh, going forward, yeah, C. McBee is a new one. It's a little more long form. And again, it's just sort of a reorganizing my ideas. To, to get longer stuff out there. I have, wor I'm working on a narrative project that I want to put into a podcast as well, which would, 
I'd intended for it to come out this year, maybe at the end of this year, but it probably won't be for another year or so. And the idea is actually a choose your own adventure. So you listen to an episode and you get choice A, go to this episode, choice B, go to a different episode and you can follow the adventure that way. I don't know how successful that's going to be, but it's an interesting experiment. So I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you experiment with these different formats and just different routes, you know, it's, uh, it's intriguing. I can highly recommend the Ninja News. Uh, as I said, I, I really enjoyed the monologue format. I think the time's just about right, as you said, anybody 20, 25 minutes, and it's, it's good. It's quite nice for a dog walk, actually. That's yeah, what I was doing well, this morning. Yeah, well, that's, that's also, it's uh, commute time. Most people, it's 20 minutes, half an hour. So if it fits in there, that's really nice. It was not a conscious decision, but I found that when I got to the 20 minute mark, I was like, I don't want to hear my own voice anymore. So time to wrap it. (laughs) Yes. But if you have two people, you can do an hour and you get three people, you can do an hour and a half. Joe Rogan's three hour podcast. I can never do a whole one. It's just, it's too much. I I was listening to one that you put out this morning. I mean, you put it out. I was listening to it this morning. One of the ones, most recent ones you put out because really I wanted to get a sense of like what we would end up talking about. But yeah, I really enjoyed just hearing about people living in different countries is a really interesting topic. And again, you're getting all this sort of like a perspective. And if you were, so I'm older and I've kind of settled here where if I was younger and I heard that, it'd be like interesting. Like what could I do in this country? Where could I live in this country? Is it a viable option? Um, But most of the people you talk to seem to be pretty positive on where they live, which is nice. Yeah, I think I just got lucky that way. You know, I'm, I'm more than willing to talk to people who haven't had such that kind of experience, you know, or they've had a mixed, a mixed bag, let's put it that way. It would be interesting if you, if you went back and revisited people you've already spoken to and just get their worst experiences. <laughs> we might save that for the... Ironically, we might call it the best of compilation then, right? It would be, but I mean, that's... I've always found like conversation wise, it's fun to talk, you know, positive is great, but it's actually really cathartic and fun to talk about the horrible things that have happened to people. Being Scottish myself, this is part of our kind of uh, natural charm, I think, to look on the, <laughs> not the bright side, but the other side of things, you know, and kind of, it's, it's a bit more normal for us to do that. You know, we, we think being happy, there's something wrong with us, you know, why would you need to be happy? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, where can we find you, Peter? What's your uh, social media? I, I've made a website for all the, for, so there's velocipeter.com is velocipodcast basically. Ninjanewsjapan.com is ninjanewsjapan. Uh, those are the two main ones. They have a, there's a Facebook group for Ninja News Japan. A bunch of people have joined it. Basically, I'll upload the episode there as well. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of social media. That's probably my biggest weakness in this whole thing is I really don't engage properly in social media. The websites are the main thing. Most of the discoveries seems to have been by word of mouth. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I quite like the social media aspect of it. It's just, it's a slippery slope, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a hard, there's just so much stuff out there. It's just oversaturated. Eh? Well, so how much time do you spend? Because I, I just, I find social media off-putting somehow. And that's, again, it's clearly my personality. Mm. Um, but I just, like, on Facebook, and more than 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, don't want to look at this anymore. <laughs> just, just don't want to be here anymore. I think it's because I'd rather be making stuff. Okay. How much time do you spend in, 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 like, actual social media looking for stuff? I try to put something up every day, like I take from the episode. So it might be an audio content. It might be a video content. And it's usually 
10 minutes is the very maximum I'd put up as a clip. So it's usually between three and five minutes. It's some, an excerpt, you know, something that's quite, flows quite well. And then I just put that through Instagram or of course, Instagram and Facebook's the same thing more or less. So you just, yeah, they work off each other. So yeah, I right. would say half an hour a day. Okay. That's reasonable though. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my attitude. I, I, I try to, get off social media as quickly as possible maybe it's, a, it's me trying to convince myself that i'm doing a doing a good job and i'm putting in the hours you know i'm kind of like okay let's make it work that's not going to happen is it is it is a good thing to do because again a, a clip every day is really nice like i put out when i put out a new episode i put up a clip on twitter or something yeah that's it like i don't put up anything extra and that's why again engagement's quite low I would need to put up something more often so people just have something to look at when they go there. So maybe that's something for the new year then. Maybe that's one of the resolutions. For me, I don't know how to do social media well. And so I don't know. Again, it has to be very short format. Like again, a clip of a couple of minutes or something. I can never see what appeals to people in that case. That's something I need. I would need a social media coach of some sort. It's, it's a whole different world. And again, now people are growing up with it. So there's so much more adept. Top five, five questions. First one, something like a guilty pleasure. Uh, you want music? Because we can talk about music. Go for it, man. I have gotten very into, don't know if it's Punjabi or Indian dance music in the last little while. There's a guy, there's, a, there's like a, they've started mixing it with hip hop and they've started mixing it with dance music. Uh, there's a really famous song. Like I know you've heard it if you spent time on the internet, Punjabi MC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why that really appealed to me. Started listening. I can't, again, I can't give you any names or anything is the problem, but this sort of hip hop feeling from sort of the Indian subcontinent is really jiving with me as an incredibly white Irish guy. <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird combination yes it works I, man. oh it's it's so good it's it's the sitar and the tabla and stuff and it's all going and then they, they put in like a hip-hop beat people are always dancing oh, it's it's all stuff I, I it's just i maybe it's just joyful you know i a lot of music just doesn't actually it's not as joyful like I, pop music is created it's it's you know the factories turn out pop music so i actually don't feel any joy there and when I was young, it was punk rock, and that's all angry. And maybe I'm just hitting a point where I want things to be happy. And this is really happy music. And it's, it's I, I don't know what he's saying. He might actually be saying horrible stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, at least the feeling is there. Yeah. Well, I can safely say you're the first one who's, uh, who's given us that answer. I'm quite surprised, pleasantly so. Well, it's... I think this is, again, it's the thing of uh, spending, I, I clearly have a big chunk of my life on the internet. And so that internet influence opens up the opportunity to like just hear things you wouldn't normally hear. And so you just click on something, you listen to it. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'll keep clicking. And you get down a rabbit hole. And I ended up, yeah, just, and I was like, oh, I, I don't know why this is really hitting home for me. What about a go-to karaoke song? I am a terrible singer. So... Uh, as soon as I raise my voice, it gets very raspy. So I don't sing. I can do House of Pain, <laughs> jump around, because that was right at the age when I was uh, in my first year of university, I think. And so it was 
age-wise, it was perfect for my attitude. And that's maybe the only song where I know all the lyrics. Oh, you can do it like without the... I could actually do the whole thing and it would be, you would not enjoy it, but it can be done. Let's put I, think it that's part of, I think that's part of the charm though, isn't it? Right? You know, you know. I guess that might be a, a low bar for me to be able to match. <laughs> it works. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it does work. When you explain to people in, in South Korea, they have the same, the same idea. You go into a private room to do your, uh, they call it Nori Bank, but uh, yeah. you, you went to your, your private room. It's the same in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have karaoke. In Japan, it's uh, you get sort of small rooms to massive rooms. Like uh, they'll have a whole floor for one room at the top of most of those buildings. Because in Japan, it's buildings. I know, like you said, the Norebong, they tend to be about three or four. Uh, what am I talking about? I'm talking about like 25 years ago when I was there. But it, was, it was always seemed smaller to me than the ones in Japan. Japan, it's like a full tower with nine floors. And most of the middle ones are small rooms. And then the like, top floor will be a whole floor and you can book that whole thing for your party. Who would you like to collaborate with and why, Peter? Oh, that's really difficult. I don't, I, if I could honestly answer, I would like to find a good writing partner. So it's not a person I've met yet or a person I know of. Someone, it, it's really hard to find someone who matches your sense of humor and can kind of play in the same space, if that makes sense. Mm. So I, I've always, so I do all the podcasts I do now. I do them alone. I have always had this sort of desire to do it with someone else. Scheduling is actually the first problem, but the second problem would be finding someone who had the same, I don't almost range of what you like and what you think is funny and what you want to talk about. It has the same basic interests. And maybe so, finding that bounce off one another, you know, the things that naturally come from a partnership. Yeah, because I think that drives you into new areas as well, and it drives you on to new things, and it makes, oh, so I had this idea, and he went this way, which I wouldn't have expected, and then you go with him, and you go on to the next part. I would love to do something like that in the future. I would like to find, find a partner to like work on a podcast or a writing project with, because I think that would be fun, but it's, it's, it's almost like a, a soul kind of lost lost words now I'm talking about very romantic ideas <laughs> someone, someone who has just like the same you know heart or feeling as you do is really difficult like i don't i don't know how many how, how many scottish people live in germany but the community is quite small and that that diminishes the amount of people who already have like a shared relationship of some sort yeah i think here in germany there, there was quite a lot of uh, military guys who yeah. uh, who eventually stayed here you know they just never left yeah and that might be the majority of the scottish community other than kind of expat expat scruffy types like myself and all that you know and a lot of uh people here for short term they're transient because they they come and a lot of them are young people who want to do english teaching in japan for a couple of years and then they go back they go home or they move on to whatever their uh actual desired profession is so there's it's actually in Japan, you find that you don't have a lot of long-term relationships with other foreign people because a lot of them move on really quickly. So me settling down is relatively unique. It's actually interesting that you say music because a lot of the friends I have here who have been long-term, their communities are all music-based. So there's two guys I work with, they're both in bands and a lot of the young people come over and they join bands and there's a lot of local music and it seems to be that way in a lot of ex expat communities, there's a lot of musicians who just like, again, they're doing local bar shows, but they're doing it for fun and they're, they're pretty impressive. Yeah, you have a great time. I mean, it's, uh, it's, maybe, it's something you probably never thought you'd end up doing. 
I can say that for myself, 100%. Yeah. Like, I never thought I'd end up playing in a bar in South Korea somewhere in my 30s and 40s. It's Just an interesting most, experience. Yeah, and it was great. Uh, and I highly recommend it to everyone. This question, we can kind of flip it on its head a little bit because you covered it in the guilty pleasures. But who should we be listening to and why, Peter? And think about maybe more of a, a podcast, for example, other than your good selves. <laughs> who should we be listening to? Yeah. I think we should always have skepticism of who we're listening to. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who I listen to. I take seriously the reply all show. They speak with a certain amount of sincerity. And I think that might be why their show is so popular because when I listen to it, I, I often think this isn't particularly better or more amusing or more fun than anything. Let's say I've done, but they are incredibly sincere in what they do. And I think that is worth listening to because that's actually something that's in short supply overall is people being really honest and truthful when they're talking. And that I think reply all resonates with people because they are always just being really sincere in who they are. So that would be at least a type, an archetype of a person to listen to is if you can figure out who the real sincere people are, those are the people worth listening to. It's one of the reasons like Obama I think he was popular as a president because even if you disagreed with him, he was at least being truthful, which is unique. It comes across that way anyway, at least they yeah. kind of sincerity there. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that we long for, especially when it comes to the internet age where so much is essentially produced and like, we hope it goes viral. We're just trying to, you know, people are stabbing at things to try to make see what, what the next thing is going to be. But when you find long-term sincere people who are just again even if you disagree with them if you know they're speaking a truth it makes a big difference right on i think this is the last question i've lost count but let's try this yeah one. no worries i mean a best a best or a favorite venue uh whether you you know we could talk about somewhere in japan but maybe you've uh, a venue that you've frequented a good place to see bands in nagoya there's some really sort of this place called the hub and it's where all the young people go and it's fine, but it's basically just people trying to pick up people. One of the most interesting experiences I had was actually at a S&M bondage show. It was just, As you do. yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you have the opportunity, I think you should go. Um, <laughs> Highly it was, it was not interactive. It was just, you were in the audience and they just basically tied up this girl and put her up on hung her from the ceiling and spun her around and, and dripped some candle wax on her. But it was an incredibly interesting experience. So if you're in Nagoya, it's a bit expensive, but if you're in Nagoya, Nagoya is a, a, one of those cities that has like, it's, it's all business on the surface. Like it seems like, a, like it's only business people doing business stuff. There's not much of an entertainment section, but because of that, there's like this dark underbelly and the dark underbelly of Nagoya is really fascinating because it is really getting down there. I'm not saying it's dangerous, but it is as close as you're going to get in a safe environment. There's, it's called Ash. And that was, I interviewed the uh, owner of it for a website I was working for a few years ago. And that was, it was fascinating because they put on characters and they do music and they do shows. And it doesn't matter what night you go, it would be worth going. There we go. That's a, I've only known that when I was still in the Asian continent. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Germany, I'm sure you can still find something. <laughs> yeah, well, the internet does help. Eh? There we go. That's on the to-do list. Peter, good luck with the, all these projects. And uh, as I was saying, genuinely, I really enjoy the Ninja News. I think you have a nice, a nice niche there. 
really well delivered a oh, nice kind you. of sense of humor on top of it as well which always helps of course and yeah. uh, you know some nice quality on the audio front too oh thank you that's that's good because you don't get any feedback sometimes so <laughs> tip, tip, I, I tip my hat to you sir oh thank you I, I enjoyed, I only got to listen to two episodes of your show before we did this, but I actually really enjoyed those. I look forward to more in the future. If you ever want to catch up again sometime, we could reverse it and I can do something for you. I would love to. That would be great. All about scheduling, yeah? Scheduling is always it. I mean, it took <laughs> you and me two, what, two, three tries to get this down. So, yeah, so I'm really grateful for that, man. But uh, uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, I appreciate it. I shall let you go on and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. Have a good day. Cheers, Peter. Yeah. Thank you. You can follow Can't Find My Way Home on anchor.fm. Simply search for Can't Find My Way Home. On Instagram at can't.findmywayhome. On Facebook at Expat Music Pod. Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, I'm pretty sure you'll find us there too. Until the next one, this is Craig saying cheers.